0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S. and I am a Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Thursday, February the 27th. We are reading from the Big Book, Chapter Working with Others, page 93, the first paragraph when dealing with such a person. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Roz G of Traditions Loretta H and readers of the text Allison L, Martha Z, and Carmella G. The reference numbers for Wednesday, February the 26th the 7 a.m. meeting 14174 and the 10 a.m. meeting 14181. OA Preamble. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Roz G. to read the 12
1: steps. Please go ahead, Roz. Okay, good morning. 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One. to ourselves and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're, ready, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked Him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Roz G.
0: And Loretta H. will read the 12 traditions.
2: Thank you. This is Loretta H., the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, our OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, prestige, divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting declining outside contributions. Eight, overeaters anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, and Oa name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations is based upon attraction. Rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communication, and, twelve anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all the ever-reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you for letting me do service this month. I'm so grateful. Have a blessed day.
0: Thank you, Loretta H. How our meeting works? In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we're in the chapter, Working with Others, on page 93, the first paragraph when dealing with such a person. Allison L., could you get us started, please?
3: I sure will. Thank you. When dealing with such a person, you had better use everyday language to describe spiritual principles. There is no use arousing any prejudice he may have against certain theological terms and conceptions, about which he may already be confused. Don't raise such issues, no matter what your own convictions are. Well, good morning, this is Allison Al. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Ohio. Um, so, um, when dealing with such a person, they were talking about agnostics and atheists in the chap in the paragraph before, but. Um, I think it can apply to everyone using everyday language, um, not trying to use my own convictions to convert them to anything. So I use my listening. I listen to what words they use, what answers they give me, and I use their language. That They tell me what language to use with them. Um, how do they refer to their higher power or to any higher power, if they do or if they don't? Um, do they talk about their childhood faith or any current beliefs? And everyday language, I find it can differ from person to person, especially when I get calls you know, from people in this meeting. It could be anywhere in the world. Their language is going to be different than mine, so I have to listen. Even in my own area, at my local meetings, it's it's a largely Christian community, but I can't assume that everyone's going to respond to that language. So, again, I have to listen. I repeat their own words back to them. It's very powerful to hear um, what we've said. Sometimes we don't even realize what exactly we're saying. It sounds different when somebody says it back to us, and that can be an opening. Um, you know, I'm repeating back what you're saying. Is that what you really believe or is that what you really mean? Um, my sponsor does this for me, even with my nightly review, will just feed a few words back to me. And often I'm like, wow, did I, did I write that? Um, it's really helpful. And I have to remember, I'm not talking to this person Um, to convert them to any particular brand of faith or convince them of anything. Um, My main purpose in talking to them, um, to anyone interested in this program, is to be of maximum usefulness to God and to this person. And so while I'm talking to them, I'm praying for direction and guidance. God, show me how can I be helpful to this person? Um, And I remember, you know, that this book has instructions. I have my own experience. And then if I listen, the person will share the language and issues blocking them from the solution, which is access to a power that will solve their problem. Um, I can't solve their problem. I couldn't even solve my own problem. So my purpose, again, in talking to anyone in program, new, not new, 10-step calls, outreach calls, is always to guide them to the true source of power. Um, We all have access to the needed power. And the instructions are simply laid out. We study them in this meeting from the book, um, its entire abstinence, and the spiritual principles taught through the action of the 12 steps. Um, And so these are the convictions I share when I'm working with anyone or talking to anyone. You know, I, I do the work, I find power, and then I truly get to live my life. And that's what I offer to others and guide others back to the best of my human abilities. Thank you. I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Allison L. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last few days to take this opportunity. Please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share?
4: This is Larry K. <laughs>
5: Melissa C. Vasa
0: o. So far we have Larry K, Lisa B, Melissa B, Vasa O, Lisa B, and I Robin think I heard D. Linda D.
5: Robin P and
0: Yep, yeah, gotcha, Robin. Okay, there's our lineup, thank you larry k melissa c vasa o lisa b linda d and robin p larry could you start us off please
6: sure no happy to thank you for your service uh larry k recovered this morning
4: you know um
6: it talks about um using everyday language we use everyday language to describe spiritual principles there's a number of things I could do. You know, what are the spiritual principles? I don't have to talk about, you know, a theology or any sort of religious doctrine.
4: Um,
6: I could talk about the spiritual principles of faith. Faith doesn't have, any, doesn't have to have anything to do with the conception of God, per se, or organized religion. And, and I can talk about courage. It takes faith to walk through that which you, you fear. And I, I try to talk about the, the principle of gratitude. You know, that every day is a gift. Every breath that I have is a gift. I take nothing for granted. I can talk about the principle of acceptance. These are all spiritual principles that ground me. Acceptance, you know, is about acknowledging and coming to terms, you know, with the reality in any given situation. This is a a spiritual principle. How about the spiritual principle of humility? Am I talking about humility? Letting go of the need to place myself above others. You know, humility, sometimes we hear it described as, as not thinking less of oneself, but rather thinking of oneself less, less, less being self-absorbed. The principle, and I get around to talking about the principle of service. You know, if you want to be happy and feel fulfilled, live in such a way as to earn the gratitude of your fellow travelers, right? The principle of forgiveness is another one. Not necessarily approving or condoning you know what someone has done, but it's about letting go of it. you know not getting caught up into vengeance and and and, and attaching myself to the source of of my misery uh, the The principle of intention we, we intention all the time intention from the sam- standpoint of you know if we don 't know. You know, where we want to go, any road is going to take you there. I need to have some intention followed by action with this program. There's, there's a whole variety of spiritual principles that are at the foundation of, of what we're trying to do. And all of those, for me, are spiritual nature. They may be grounded in theology. They could be for some. For others, not. But the, nonetheless, I can, I can focus and zero in on those things. And, and people, that's, that's, a, that's attractive to people. When someone is, is is attempting to live that life they can see it you can see it i experience it when i when i talk with you i can see humility and forgiveness and kindness and acceptance i can see that so anyways hope that helps with that i pass thanks
0: thank you larry k melissa c it's your turn followed by vasa oh please go ahead melissa
7: Thank you so much for your service this morning, I'm a recovered compulsive overeater and I live in New York and you know, when I read this paragraph for me I'm really um I'm reminded about my own prejudices, you know, and my own closed mindedness when it came to spiritual matters and when it came to overeaters anonymous, how that really was a stumbling block for me. And and I remember like I I declared the big book and um as a true Christian, you know, and, and I said it in a way as if that was a bad thing, you know, I was so prejudiced, I didn't even realize, um, and, you know, and I, I took offense by so much God talk and, you know, and like upon closer inspection, you know, when I was crushed, I, I read the book and I realized it was so completely accessible to any religious or non-religious viewpoint and, um, you know, in fact, so much of the language, like sunlight of the spirit, the great reality they're they're like very hippie, crunchy, new age sounding and um you know, and I find it it was kind of funny to me when I realized that I just never saw this, you know and it and it reminds me of how little I know, and that um like all addicts, um I suffer from know it all syndrome and and that's like where we meet all of these people, you know, religion and spirituality, um, it stirs that up in people, you know, and um, and only the addict, like crushed by the disease, backed, you know, into a corner, is offered a way out, you know, and, and says, um, no, nah, I don't believe in God and, and, and I take offense at that language. And, you know, but I was, like, I was willing to believe in the power of chocolate right I was willing to worship Ben and Jerry's and you know but God got me bothered and I have to remember that when I when I speak to people and, and, and that's why I listen for desperation you know because that's the prerequisite for us all it's like in enough pain I finally said okay you know and, and at this point that's that's how we meet our prospective sponsees. And I love what, you know, the first speaker said, Allison said, like I listen to their language and and I offer them hope in the spiritual terms that they use. You know, if I'm speaking to somebody who's an Orthodox Jew and they use the term Hashem for higher power, awesome, I can use that. And if they use, you know, God, that's great too. Whatever the term is, it doesn't matter. You know, that's the beauty, I think, of this book is that, um it's all-inclusive, never exclusive to those who earnestly seek. And um, thanks. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Melissa C. Vasa O., it's your turn, followed by
8: Lisa B. Go
5: thank ahead, you. Vasa.
8: Yes, thank you so much for your service. I'm Vasa, I'm grateful to believe in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I came from another place i'm Vasa grateful Um uh, and uh i uh, I'm just so grateful that the person that brought introduced me to my program she uh she introduced me in a very uh, regular simple language i I was struggling with the language anyways in those years, and she was a teacher. And she was very, very careful to explain things to me. And I was ready. I was ready to to hear the message. And I have done a lot of mistakes uh, over the years, especially at the beginning, how to work with other people. But I usually, you know, I I got better and better as I I was going along. And what I liked the most about um, the introduction, she told me I needed to find a a power greater than myself, because I couldn't put the food down by myself. I couldn't fix my life by myself. And uh, she couldn't do it either, but she told me what she did and what the hundred people did that, um, that worked for them. And I, I just followed that direction. Thank, I'm grateful I have this book. But I really didn't want to hear the God part. I came from a communist country, and we believed there was no God. You know, I loved the, to hear the higher power, and it, this was a spiritual program. And uh, so, what I do, I, you know, it's it's simple for me. I don't have to. I just just say, well, follow the directions in the big book, or come to O A. And we have the 12 steps, we have the tools, and, uh, you know, we have um, the principles. I don't go into details. Sometimes I just say, oh, come, there's a meeting at such and such a place, such a time. Uh, we would love to see you, and you can see for yourself what it is and how the programs work. I don't feel like I have to really explain Everything because I don't know what everything is, and let them come and let them take what they want or what they can identify. So um, I love this because it's a spir- spiritual program, and I did. I have gone back to my own religion after a while. I picked that up. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Vasa Oh, Lisa B, it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Please go ahead, Lisa.
9: Good morning. My name is Lisa B. I'm a Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. And this paragraph, you know, I'm looking at it for for me specifically as the person that's trying to carry the message. And I remember when I started to sponsor and I started reaching out to other fellows that have a much longer time in this program as recovered sponsors. And I remember someone said to me, oh, you're going to learn a lot about yourself, you know, when you start to work with others. And that almost sounded ominous. I thought, I don't know if I really want to learn a lot about myself, because it's usually about ego deflation and humility, you know. And that has been my experience in trying to work with others. Um, so when I say, when I see this certain theological terms and conceptions, well, I don't want to hold on to my theological terms and conceptions and try and present that to others, you know? Um, I I realize when I'm working with others and when I'm trying to work with others, so often they are teaching me more than I'm teaching them. What I'm learning and working with them is that I really need to listen to them more because, oh my gosh, out of the mouths of babes, like these gems of wisdom come and I hear, When I'm working with fellows that are coming out of relapse, I learn so much. Um, I need to listen and and learn from them, and I have to let go of these hard, fast lines and rules, you know, frothy, frothy emotional appeal seldom suffices, and I don't want to be that way what i'm trying to carry this message and i love what the person before me just said you know i don't know i really don't know and i heard someone say an AA speaker if i can define god uh you know with definite definition it this power is not big enough you know for me because i it's the god of my misunderstanding you know and and i love to share with people about podcasts from recovered compulsive overeaters that are atheists and agnostics and often I hear a very powerful spiritual message from atheists and agnostics we don't have to be a believer in a deity we can believe in what feels comfortable and right you know and um, I just wanted to share my perspective as a someone that is trying to work with others in that I learn so much about how much I don't know and you know i've heard people say don't confuse people about using the specific language of the big book i really love the specific language of the big book it spoke to me that's my experience i love the words used in the big book so i try to share what has happened to me as a result of studying this big book but i do it with a open mind of really wanting to hear from them because i have so much to learn from them with that i pass thank you
0: thank you lisa b Linda D. It's your turn, followed by Robin P.
1: Please go ahead, Linda.
5: Morning, everybody. It's Linda
1: D. from Connecticut. I'm so relieved and grateful and happy to be recovered today, for a while—six years and a little bit. Um, this is quite a topic. I uh, when I came in, it was a long time ago. I uh, I was an atheist, and um, I didn't want to be, but I was, and I certainly didn't say it because it wasn't socially acceptable as far as I was concerned, and I wanted to belong, but really underneath I was, and I'd been raised in a particular religion, and my family was very religious and blah blah blah, and I went away to school, and then that was the era of God is dead and Nietzsche and all of that stuff, so then I copied those people, and i of course the disease took off and anyway, and I was. Uh, shattered by the time I came here, which is the point. I was shattered, and I was willing to experiment. And I didn't want to, but I knew I was going to die. And it was going to be ugly. I knew it. And that was an advantage. It sounds funny, but it it was. And so it's fast forward, and it's today. And I'm thinking back to uh, an experience fairly recently. I was at a meeting. And uh, I heard a a friend across the room um, recite back (laughs) what I said to a group. Uh, He didn't quote me. It's not important. But um, he said he started out by um, talking to the air. Just act as if and talk to the air and look for coincidences. You're talking to the air. You're doing all the other things that your sponsor tells you to do. And uh, you're reading the chapter to the agnostic, and you you know you're open-minded as much as you can be. You're talking to the air, and this power shows up as long as you keep going with the open mind, and let this entity, he, she, it, whatever it is, show up in the coincidences, and they do, and pretty soon you're you're on your way. And it works, so give it a shot. I pass.
0: Thank you, Linda D. And Robin P., it's your turn. Please go ahead, Robin.
1: Thank you so much. Hi, I'm Robin P. I'm a very grateful for coverage of compulsive overeater in Deer Beach, Florida. And uh, thanks so much for your service. And, you know, I I also, I came in as a devout atheist, a really proud atheist. Um, my dad is an atheist. And, That's how I was raised, and so when I saw God on the walls originally, when I first came in a long time ago, the first time, um, I just, I thought, oh, no, everyone substituted one addiction for another, one crutch for another, and I was so in need of help, and I was so, I just couldn't believe there was God on the walls, and um, so I just left. And somebody said to me, you know, any power greater than your addiction will work. Just keep it, be honest, open, and willing, and that's how we recover. And just literally anything, and it can be the group, it can be whatever you think would help you, that you can surrender to. And so, we, oh, someone's un, someone's unmuted, I think, and they're talking.
6: Oops.
1: Oops. Um, Thank you. So, um, you know, I think that there's a huge difference between spirit and religion. And ironically, um, the 12 steps were the pathway for me. They were the bridge to God for me. Um, I actually am a Christian and all of these spiritual things that I became honest, open and willing to were because of this program. And I'm so grateful for a vision for you. You know, I've been absent for four years, thank God, by God's grace and the help of everybody and um, and the help of God and for me uh, to have had this spiritual awakening, it is a result of these steps. And um, I had a awakening of the profound variety, and it doesn't matter what kind it is; it just matters that it happened. God bless everybody in your recovery. Say that we all have a blessed afternoon and day. Thanks so much for letting me share. I pass.
0: Thank you, Robin P. So for those of us who might have come on the line a little later, we are in the chapter Working With Others on page 93, and it's the first paragraph when dealing with such a person. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last two days to take this opportunity. And please say your name just once. It helps me hear everybody. Who would like to share?
10: Carmela Maddie S. Is-
5: Rick yeah, J. You got Carmella
0: G, Maddie S, Rick J, Santa, Laura A. H, Santa H, Laura H. Laura H. And one more, please. Sam S. Perfect. Okay, let me tell you who I have. Carmella G, Maddie S, Rick J, Santa H, Laura H, and Sam S. Kamala G., please start us off.
11: Thank you, and thank you so much for your service, Lynn. This is Kamala G., a grateful compulsive over either recovered in New York. Uh, when I read this paragraph this morning uh, and listened, I thought, uh, I don't really have to anything to share about. And as I listened, I was quiet, and I recalled recently doing a face-to-face meeting for newcomers. And um, it was on steps one, two, and three here in the city. And uh, as I was rushing out the door, as I usually am running late, defect of character, but that's another step, um, an index card fell out of uh, my book when I grabbed my big book. And um, I picked it up, and it happened to be the qualities of my higher power. So I stopped midway in my living room, and I said, Oh, God, so you want me to talk about this? Okay. So I grabbed the card, shoved it in my big book, and off I went to the meeting. Uh, At the meeting, I did, and I was very sensitive to... Um, the people's needs in the room, because you always have to be present for your audience. And um, I did not, I, I referred to higher power, and then I said, part of my step work with my sponsor was the qualities. I said, so I'm just going to read you a few. And it turned out that those qualities had nothing to do with a religion even though I was a faith-based woman. Um, and I spoke about the perfect love, the kindness, the, the constant availability, um, and, and the honesty that my pa- higher power, the qualities that he possessed. And I looked around at the people in the room And there was a one young lady, and she was crying hysterical. And I thought, oh, Lord, in my head, what did I say to offend her? And um, I finished my uh, presentation, and then we opened for shares. And she raised her hand, and she spoke and said, I have been raised an atheist. And she said, but I want... A power greater than myself that has all of these qualities and these qualities were principles of the steps and um, that was her way of wanting to surrender to such a power and that is when I learned a very deep lesson that there is no one who doesn't want to be loved and understood and accepted the way they are. And that is my role as I walk this journey. I don't judge, and that is a gift. And he gives me these gifts every single day.
9: Time, please.
11: Thank you, provided I work these steps. Thank you for allowing me to share.
0: Thank you, Carmela G. Maddie
10: S., it's your turn, followed by Rick J., go ahead, Maddie. Good morning. My name is Maddie S. Recovered in New Hampshire. And when I came into program originally uh, in the basic OA program in 1977, I liked what I saw in the rooms in terms of some early recovery and just general well-being. But the word God just stuck in my throat. I had been raised as basically a gastronomical Jew. The food was the religion. And I had been taught basically to worship the food. There was no God. You believed in Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny. And what my first sponsor told me, because that I just thought I have to come up with a higher power, was to act as if that every morning and every night, you know, ask God for help. And then at the end of the day, get on your knees and thank God no matter what happened, even if you binged. And I thought, well, that's just crazy. That's just crazy. But I was desperate and desperation truly is a gift. And I decided I would do that. And I did it for a solid year. And really, like God has a lot of jokes, to the day, a year later, I won money in a grocery contest. Um, You know, the store was playing the bingo game. And they called and said, um, you know, if if you have these proper pieces of paper and my kids had it because they were playing this game, Anyway, I had a, and this was in like 77 or 80, I had a $350 um, oil bill, which was an enormous amount of money to me at that time. And the guy said, as soon as I said, yes, we're playing the game. What question do I answer? Nothing. Just come in in the morning. We will give you $400, which perfectly covered my 350 bill. And I took my kids out for dinner. And if I had won a million dollars, I would have thought that was just dumb luck. But that was so great a coincidence, if you I called it then, that I could not help but believe in some kind of power greater than myself that seemed to keep me on the radar. So um, thank you. I'm really appreciative. Uh, terribly appreciative for the program, and I, I do love how.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Maddie S. Yes. Rick J., it's your turn, followed by Santa H. Please go ahead, Rick. Uh,
12: good morning, everybody. My name's Rick J., I am a uh, recovered but not cured compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. Yeah, this really hit home with me um, just because of my own experience uh, with religion and um, how defiant and hostile I was regarding anything to do with anything religious when when I came into the program. And I, too, love the language of the big book, you know, and, and I think that spirit of abby's question to bill why don't you choose your own conception of god you know that is why i'm here that freedom to be able to <clears throat> choose my own conception of god you know and as it um you know talks about in the in the previous paragraph you know the main thing is that uh he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles so here i am you know um i am not wanting to arouse any prejudice he may have against certain theological terms and conceptions about which he may already be confused. That was me. Um, you know, someone asked me if I was a Christian. And, you know, and it's a beautiful question. And it's, you know, but for me, you know, all of a sudden I re- I just flash back to my childhood. My my mother was extremely mentally ill. She was fanatically religious. And one of the things she had me do was, I would go around, um, you know, in my neighborhood with my, my little crew cut, my little blazer, and, you know, my ears sticking out and, and knocking on doors and people coming, you know, hello. And I'd be, um, you know, like, uh, sir, ma'am, um, you know, my name's Ricky. I'd like to ask you if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And I'd ask him to get down on my knees and pray. You know with their knees and pray with me and you know and sometimes that wasn't very well received and um you know and i had this big flashback this whole thing this whole package and that was just my personal journey you know and and now thank god through literally thank god for for oa and thank OA for god because now i i have this this open-mindedness and i can see you know how important my higher power is to me and then it comes to all of us in different ways and we we connect with with god as we understand him you know in different ways and and this right here in this paragraph it's sort of that first you know like i'm it's it's the first invitation to you know i'm carrying a message here i'm i you know to be helpful is my only aim i can help when no one else can it's telling me that in the beginning of this chapter so i'm being a good listener, I'm being relatable, I'm trying to strengthen my connection with this person. And I'm trying to avoid things that might, you know, lose this person from hearing the message I'm carrying. But, you know, it's, it's like, yes, I, I need to stress that, um, you know, that back to that previous paragraph, the main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself, and that he lived by spiritual principles, you know, and the 12 steps, that's 12 steps for me, you know, and that's Time, what I'm please. trying to carry. Thank you. With that a pass.
0: Thank you, Rick J. Santa H. It's your turn, followed by Laura H. Please go ahead, Santa.
13: Thank you, Lynn. Thank you for hearing me. Good morning, my fellows. Um, my name is Santa H. from Montclair, New Jersey, presently calling in from Powell Springs, Georgia. Um, thank you to Team Thursday, um, for your service and thank you all who share just with some great shares. I really um, liked what the reader said um, when she said when she was talking about listening and letting people um, tell me what their their background and beliefs and faith and the words that they choose to use. And I do do that. Um, I am so blessed to have a I have had the opportunity working with those who are atheists as non- those who have a Christian faith, those who um, Jewish and Jewish faith, and it's just been a wonderful process working with a variety of different um, religions and see that there is a commonality among all of us and what really when I came into program, I did not want my childhood God, and I couldn't find another. And my my first guide, she was agnostic, and I was like, "This is not going to work." I was prejudiced off from the beginning. And she said to me, "As you know, she really stuck to this book." And words that were really touched me was in, in the doctor's opinion, moral psychology, that really helped me to conceive a conception that was different than what I of my childhood God. And then she also said to me as well, choose your own conception of God. And that really was like opened up my eyes to saying, wow, I can ple- believe in a God that is not my childhood God, really? And it also really helped me. She emphasized page 55 where it says um, the fundamental ideal, just the idea of God. And when she said in, in the book here, um, um, uh, for faith in a power greater than ourself, um and that's not what I wanted to read, when we finally, we finally saw some, some kind of a faith was part of our makeup. And so I didn't have to look for a God out there, but realizing reading this whole section here that the great reality was deep within me. And I find that that was helpful, that, and you know, and those who I work with that are atheists and agnostic, they find that it's helpful for them. And um, and for some reason, I try to interesting. those who I work with are atheists and agnostic, they seem to find a connection to a power through meditation. Don't know why, but, you know, just getting away from terms and allowing them to go deep within and Time whatever that to. really Thank you. Whatever that feeling is for them, um, i just been fascinated by that. And thank you, Lynn. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Santa H. Laura H., it's your turn, followed by Sam S. Please go ahead, Laura.
14: Hi. Good morning. Thanks for your service. I'm Laura H. from upstate New York. And um, uh, I love this portion of the book because, um, you know, I and motivated to uh, to seek, you know, to be effective. And, um, you know, my sponsor told me, um, one of my first sponsors, that uh, I had an experience um, that could uniquely help others, that that's what the book sort of says, <clears throat> you know, to sum it up. And so um, to honestly share my own experience, and my own experience was, um, that I was angry at God. I was I was never atheist or agnostic. I knew there was a God, and I was angry at God. And uh, I came in here with the approach, I won't talk to you, God, and you don't talk to me. Please don't interfere in my journey, um, which was suicide on the installment plan. But uh, I didn't want God's help. So um, it was a struggle, and uh, part of my willingness... Um, was uh, accepting what my sponsor directed me to do, which was to uh, at night throw my sneakers, you know, under the bed really far, so that in the morning I had to get back down on my knees to get them out, and at that moment to say, "God, please help me to say to stay abstinent and sober for this day." I didn't quite say it that way. Um, I honestly share that I said it with a lot of expletives, um, which was, okay, blankety-blank, I dare you to keep me abstinent and sober today. And then at night when I got back down to throw my, my sneakers back under the bed to say thank you um, for another day when I, when I had another day sober and abstinent. And it was the same thing, expletives. Thank you, you blankety-blank. Um, you know, and uh, at one point when I had oh, over 90 days, my sponsor said, well, well, what do you think about God and about what's been going on? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. And my sponsor said, well, when's the last time you had 90 plus days without overeating and, you know, being drunk and high on drugs? And I was like, Whoa. Whoa! Wait a minute. <laughs> the only thing I did this time was to ask, um, because I had been, you know, going to meetings when I was getting in trouble, and uh, and I, I, you know, I'd get out of trouble and you know stop going to meetings and would eat and drink and drug again. So uh, that was an aha moment for me. Like, whoa! What did I do different this time? This time. I Oh, thanks. With that, I'll pass. And
0: that's my experience. Thank you, Laura H. Sam S., it's your turn. Please go ahead.
15: Thank you. Thank you for your service. Um, good morning, everybody. My name is Sam S. I'm a recovering compulsive reader in Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, you know, when I came in, um, I came in so desperate because I failed at everything, and everything in my mind had failed me. and I heard, uh, you know, that OA is the last house on the block. So when I also, you know, heard some people talk about how God was the only way and God was the solution, I just thought like, you know, like Dorothy, like in the Wizard of Oz, like, oh, there's nothing in that bag for me. So this is the last house. I'm like, I guess I'm I'm in a lot of trouble. Um, but, you know, the, the first person that carried the message to me um, in the first meeting I went to, um, they really did use um, concepts and, uh, words that I could relate to, you know, they used concepts of sharing their story of what it was like. They used, um, they used the idea of tools and they shared that they did it. Uh, they used that the program works. They didn't say God works. They didn't say, you know, you find a higher power. I, I mean, there's a reason why step one isn't we believed in God and, and God is the only way, you know, um, but the the number one thing that I heard, which really helped me, was my first, um, you know, my sponsor that brought me through the steps the first time was, I asked her like, "How are you getting here? Like, how are you how are you able to be sober for, you know, more years than I could have ever, you know, imagined?" And she said, "I work the 12 steps and 12 traditions." And I thought, "Well, okay, she works it. That's something that I can tangibly do um, is I can work the steps." And we didn't talk about god that wasn't our first um conversation and um you know come to think about it as we're talking today she used the term higher power um very very often more times than not and i think um the idea of of god when i hear people talk about it in meetings i almost i almost bristle even though that's the that's the word that i use most days you know um the, the label i use for my higher power is very fluid and if i hear someone and they say Something And they use a term I haven't heard before and it speaks to my soul. I will use that term um, because I, don't, I can't understand the power that's greater than me, but I know that it helps. I know that these steps help. I know that this program helps. So I'm willing to lean into that and um, just very, um, very quickly. I remember I went to a meeting and there was a a newcomer and somebody so desperate and so angry and so afraid and she heard God, God, God. And at the end she exploded and she, she stormed off and said, well, God did this to me. And God did did that to me. I said, you don't, you don't have to use God. That doesn't have to be your higher power, but I already lost that person. And I would have been the same way. I would have been so explosive because again, I thought everybody failed me and I failed at everything. So, um, yeah, I just um I'm really glad that we have this simple, uh very simple program and I'm glad that the, the big book starts with the doctor's opinion, which is very simple language. It doesn't it doesn't start right off with God. It starts with you know, we have to have a, a change of our, our
13: morals. Like,
15: okay. Thank you. With that I pass. Thank
0: you, Sam S. We have time for two more shares. Who would like that? Anita time? J?
4: Charles H. Anita, Anita Great, J. thank
0: you. I've got Anita J and Charles H. Anita, please go ahead.
5: Thank you so much. Um this is Anita J and I you know, I've been in since nineteen seventy eight and chronic relapse for decades. Uh and even now after six years I picked up and binged. But never mind any of that. I want to tell you that even with all the chronic relapsing in the beginning, I realized I got my God back. I had a very immature um, definition of God. I didn't know it. It was like a child. If you're really, really good, he'll be good to you. And uh, he wasn't good to me. And then I compared uh, the minister's. And I went shopping. I went all over the place looking, but the point was, it, God is not in these people. We're all human, even even if you have a divinity degree, you're you're just a human person. And um, I came to see all that through OA. And um, so this God loves me. He really, really loves me. I am the one who moves. I'm the one who forgets him and, and, um, you know, now my God, all day long I'm pausing (laughs) to remember him. I think he's very happy about me right now. I am finally a teachable human being and it shows. It's beginning to show, I think. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Anita J. and Charles H. You'll be the last person to share this morning. Please go ahead, Charles.
4: Thank you, Lynn, for your service. Um, so, back in the forward to the second edition, when um, Bill was trying to um, preach to people, and then he, you know, he had that conversation with Dr. Silver, scratching his head. Man, they're not, you know, they're not receiving me. He said, "Give them the grave nature." And when he, he did that with Dr. Bob, Dr. Bob, it says, you can read it yourself in your spare time, that he mustered up some willingness that, that he never did before. On page 9, when Ebby, when, when before he asked him the question on page 12, which is one of, the, one of the greatest 12-step questions, why don't you choose your own conception of God, he said it was a simple religious idea and a practical program of action. Now, I get that people are shooting their shot against religion, but without that simple religious idea, which is surrender, that's it. You know, I surrendered. Yet, You know, there's so much division with religion. There's so much division with the the spirituality, religion versus spirituality. It's just an idea of surrender and then a practical program of action. You know, yesterday was was Ash Wednesday, right, and uh, I'm just going to share a little quick story, like, you know what, like, I'm not Catholic, but I went there, and I got—I was the only black man in there, and I felt proud because I was there with my brothers and sisters. And the whole idea of Ash Wednesday is repentance. And I did another fourth step, you know, and, and I went in there, and I was able to talk to the priest. I'm tired of this division, man. Like, this is just a simple idea. Shoot your shot against religion, shoot it, because I shoot it too. But that simple religious idea of surrendering, like, what the hell am I doing this work for? I ain't doing this work. I don't want to be slim. I want to be healthy. I want to be happy in my abstinence. And I want a relationship with, you know, love and kindness. So with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Charles H. And thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Thursday, Roz G. Loretta H., Allison L., Martha Z., Katie G., Reva P., and Penny C. Please join us for a second, unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the Share ID for today, Thursday, February the 27th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 14185. We will now close with the reading from the big book, on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. So Martha Z., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
16: Thank you, Lynn. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive of reader by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.